Hello and welcome to the sixth. That's way too loud. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the RevX podcast. This is another edition of the Professor X political panel. Once again with Sarah Stardust, Tamikaze, and Sean Logue. Um, on Thursday of this week, we will have our second in our job search series uh, as well. And next week we'll do the toxic masculinity. We're we're we already recorded the all male version. We're going to record the all female version on Friday, and we'll play those for you next week. And we've got some other cool ideas coming up for you for future podcasts. Also, uh, note that we are doing on November fifth. We are going to be doing our karaoke idiot show at the Pinch, eight p.m. on a Sunday night. And we still have some spots available if you want to sing one of the songs. And that you don't have to do the entire part for the whole night. You can just come in and sing one or two songs. And we'll have fun and put on a, a pretty fun show. So uh, uh, go ahead and listen to this podcast. And again, if you have ideas for a podcast or would like to be a guest on one of these, let us know, and we will uh, work on incorporating that. All right. So I've been like I've been, and we kind of almost got to it earlier, but I hinted at this like this philosophy, and it's probably somewhat related to the one you just mentioned, but like the root word's the same, so that hints at some cross currents there but it's like literally and i've got this written down as a kind of philosophy book kind of thing is what i was calling it was new positivism and like i was really heavy on this and like had almost a borderline outline coming before trump won and that that's really you know cast a little bit of negative evidence on the spotlight but i also you cannot convince me without scientific evidence that that election wasn't stolen from clinton in various ways and I can give you like six or seven so like uh, that's a different conversation for a different time but I'm anti-conspiracy theories you can get and the evidence is there that this was stolen people just won't believe it because of the same reason they won't believe that women get raped or that black people are discriminated against well if you think about the, the, the oh, facts here well, people are just ignoring them okay, because it doesn't fit with the, yeah, the, the narrative the democratic party was complicit they're in fucking narrative. idiots they're fucking idiots they were. They didn't uh, challenge it. They didn't go and say, "Hey, you know, we only won by one percent. How many states? Maybe we should look into this before we can see the election." And that that is concerning. That um, you know, I had hoped. I had. I mean, in some ways, I bought into the negative narrative about Hillary that she was ruthless. I did too. Early, and, early. And, and you know, but, but you know what? I still had some belief that she was ruthless. And I was actually, the ruthlessness gave me con- confidence <laughs> that if they pulled this crap, she'd fight. And guess what? The she wasn't ruthless at all. Jesus Christ. Not Her, the, the, one of the reasons she lost, and I say this about eight or nine reasons down. Because if she had made this decision, she still could have won despite these other things. But these other things are all bigger deal. But this one still could. That's why this is this was a perfect storm kind of election. Everything had to fucking fail for this to be the outcome, and everything did fail. But like, she took these some of these strategies at the end that may have bumped her down one percent or so in a state, and the ones where they switched the numbers was a lot less than one percent. And so like, she losing this percent because she didn't put enough money in, say, Wisconsin or this or that is part of the problem and she could have still won if she had done the right choice there so her, her campaign was very non-aggressive and that was part of the problem but again 
eighth, ninth, maybe tenth down the list. Oh yeah. So well, let's and let's not even think about. Yeah. Okay, look, like here's the here's the thing with, with this particular issue, right? With Hillary and the election and the numbers that have been reflected in terms of who voted for who, I think it's not even so much the problem of trying to compare these things as citizens like it's not mm. our right so here i am i i went to the polls i am just a person i'm not involved in this process as coming up with what was the margins da, 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 da. Yeah. we should have the ability to trust putting forward a third party to address these kinds of numbers and to and to study what has happened and, and they have to be people who don't benefit either way, regardless of what their research comes up with. There's no and, possibility of that. And, right. And so, and that's, that's a problem Founding that fathers. we... Right, well, we haven't, we haven't seen, for some reason, we don't see the value in having third parties or an, an external resource, an external place that can study these things and come up with what actually happened... Um, by I think being most by Americans investigating this do things. value that. Well, okay. most of I, the I political like that, speaking class doesn't. So okay. the media and the politicians don't. The general public does. The public wants honest institutions they can trust, but a combination of direct attacks. Again, so there's a book over there that many stuff has come up that we reference. There's this guy's name is Rick Perlstein. He has a series of books that chart the rise of this brand of conservatism. And there are four books that are this thick. And he knows he's done every sit of every single bit of the research of how they did all this stuff. Right. None of it's right. shocking. Oh. None of it's a surprise. It's all exactly the direct outlaid path. And they're starting to translate this into some other formats and ways that our people are getting at this system that led to what we have happen. The best one is that Get Me Roger Stone documentary on Netflix. And it relates directly to those books. Roger Stone is in those books. And this, this way that they, they figured out how people work, the same people that they have on Madison Avenue selling things to people, they brought in to figure out how to do the same thing with voters and figured out a way to completely ignore reality and undercut all the institutions that people trusted and make them so in the 60s the media was the most trusted institution in the u.s now it's one of the least trusted in the u.s that was a concerted effort from the right wing it's, there's not even it's not even they don't even hide it they literally set up organizations and did this the other thing they did was the american education system they determined after they lost that election when lyndon johnson won after uh after uh, Kennedy was assassinated, that election then, they, they, let, they got their asses kicked in that one because everybody knew that racism was bad, sexism was bad, and all this stuff, that the media was showing you what Republicans are doing. They were oligarchs, and they were trying to keep money and keep people out of power that weren't like them. So they set out how to destroy the institutions that were proving that to the public. And okay, so they undercut so, right. reality. Well, this is, again, postmodernism. As right. long as they win, it doesn't matter what they do. And like, there's a step-by-step plan, and it's not even well, hidden. And it's not hidden. The and people the don't problem, believe it because well, they own right, the institutions that tell us about and it. And we're just going full circle back yeah. to critical thinking. And yes. the reason for that Absolutely. is that people have this idea that 
they don't, uh, we, no one is trained to know what margin of error based on a population sample is an acceptable one. People don't know that. People don't know that the X axis on a chart, (laughs) right, less, right, okay. No, I know, I know you Um, know that I know. (laughs) People don't understand that when the X axis on a chart doesn't start at zero, that it's, it is it is implicating yeah. that the scale is is incorrect. Yeah, they don't absolutely. know that because it's not something that these people people are not trained to know these things, and they not necessarily should be. And the problem is we're not they we're have not to be, they shouldn't have but they to be. They do have to be. They, but but now they right, and that's the problem. Is it's that also they not do an accident. Have to it, be. And I don't I don't like words like conspiracy. It's not what it was. It was the right having meetings in public record saying here's how we're going to change things. We believe that what we think is right is right, and we're going to make it happen. So it could be, what I'm describing could be completely true if every single one of those people was a completely honest human being. If they were all, like, literal and they all believed everything they say, it doesn't change the fact that they made a plan. And they made a plan at a time when Democrats had their biggest massive fuck-off victory ever. They won, and at that point, when they got to that point, they hadn't lost... The House of Representatives in 20 years. And then when they had a big scandalous, well, not, not necessarily scandal, but like scandal stuff hadn't really started kicking in yet. It started a little under Kennedy with the Vietnam stuff, but it hadn't really kicked up. And Kennedy's early responses, most of his response to the civil rights movement was very depressing on the left wing vote because he's very pragmatic in that time period Race equality wasn't his goal. A good presidency was his goal. And if he could get it without race equality, he would have done it. Pause. He found out that he couldn't. Let yeah. me mention yeah. one thing that I found very disturbing as a person that lives close to the Arlington Cemetery. <laughs> I went for my jog across the bridge, went to the Arlington Cemetery because I'd never been to the Kennedy Memorial that they have mm. there, right? And so I walked there because there's no recreational running. I, you get there, yeah. you start walking, you go up the hill. On my way there, now let's just picture, have, if anyone has been to the Arlington Cemetery, it's fields of white tombstones. Same picture. It's, yeah. it's, very, it's a very emotionally mm. hard thing to process. You're yeah. looking at rows and rows and rows and rows of dead bodies. Of people who, for the most part sacrifice themselves to protect others like that's that's yeah. at least what they were thinking whether they actually did or not that's what their thoughts were when they did it so these are noble people for the most part and then and then you see I I didn't know I didn't know whether to approach the person I didn't know whether it is I didn't I didn't and I was just like in shock that this was a thing that was happening and I think that this is kind of like what I'm about to say is the worst part of our our um, addiction to social media, to technology, to um, to to our Instagram, and to our Facebook, and to the idea of this like it's almost narcissistic, right? And I I hate to like bring it up, I really, but it's like it's just it's just been it was so shocking to me to be among rows and rows of dead humans that had so much potential to be more, had so much potential to become, you know, to do, uh, and maybe that was their... The vast majority of them dead under 30. Dead under 30. Okay, yeah. so majority, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, you know, don't take our word for it. Like, these are things that, that have happened, <laughs> and 
and we can't ignore her. And then there are people who are out there taking fucking glamour shots, glamour selfies, and glamour photos in front of these graves. And it just makes me think a lot about who did you vote for in this election? And well, I like and who people taking Pokemon Go pictures at the, at Holocaust, the Holocaust Museum. Museum. Right, and there's this, right, and there's this insensitivity and lack of context to yeah. these things, and people yeah. don't like context because they're now associating context with being too overly PC or too overly, you know. And when really, it's just you controlling your behavior and contributing to the society that you're a part of. That's all it is. It's not no, a hard. It's not ass. even that. It's not a heavy. Lift. It's not even. Here's the. It's it's addressing a reality that's happened already and acknowledging that that is a thing that has happened and that there is a context to that because it is a historical context and people who don't like the idea of addressing that and and incorporating it in their own behavior are essentially saying that it didn't happen and that is really problematic yeah i mean and that kind of thinking is the root of almost all of what we're dealing with right now this this has happened in not just arlington it happens it happens everywhere yeah, like, um, uh, it happens these, internationally. These memorials, yeah, are Auschwitz, are not Auschwitz. Yes, yeah. those, uh, yeah. but those were exactly. Americans, weren't they? Of course. Yeah, those American girls doing like yeah. selfies but, on the yeah. selfie stick at Auschwitz, and we're like, yeah. "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> of course, some. I think there was a news story about another American doing a Nazi symbol in Germany, and of course. They're looking for him because it's totally illegal. Because I know we're like all, but I'm sure that dumbass will be like, "Oh, but the, the First Amendment." I'm like, um, "Guess what? You're in Germany now. First Amendment, not exactly a thing there." I also, mean, they have, may have some speech protection. Also, they don't understand what the First Amendment means here either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because hate speech is not protected under the First Amendment. They don't know what the Second Amendment means. Either. I don't know. I, I uh, thought no, I saw yeah. a lawsuit Most recently that actually that said. Means. The opposite of that, but I don't know enough about it. Of what? About hate speech in the First Amendment. I think there was something recently that so, said that hate speech is. So no, no, no. It's what it is is that hate speech is not protected. That doesn't mean it's illegal. Mm. That means it's left up to the like basically independent individual or independent jurisdiction. So a state, if they passed a law saying this particular hate speech is illegal, yeah. Then that would stand up unless you had a you know partisan court, which is always a possibility in the U.S. It has been always, and it's still it's even more so now. Um, uh, the Supreme Court now has got a majority of ideologues, so whatever they say has no particular legitimate value. And it, that was even when it had fewer than that, it wasn't particular because they gave Bush the presidency under no precedent. They literally said you can't use this as a precedent that we're ruling this, okay. which is defeats the entire fucking purpose of the way the Supreme Court works. They are, by definition, supposed to be setting precedents. They're the one that decides what the rules mean. And since at least... And it's been peaked throughout time, obviously. Some of the early ones. Obviously, Plessy versus Ferguson was ruled by an ideological court, obviously. So, but throughout the 60s and... This is... So, Kennedy rebounded on a lot of things. There's certain issues he was bad on, but... When he was forced to do the right thing, he did. So he was forced to be good on civil rights, and he made some of the most massive, important changes that we had. And more importantly, he appointed the judges, and then Lyndon Johnson followed with him, appointed the important judges, both the Supreme Court but all the lower courts, that shifted everything massively. So the biggest fast-forward in civil rights in American history was the judicial class of the 60s kicking in all these rulings. 
Because their laws were already there. <laughs> it goes it goes back to the whole issue that we're having right now with politicians. There's two things that I want to look at specifically. One is looking to your political leaders, and I think Obama was guilty of this too, to be the leaders of the movement. Uh, generally, anything I learned, I took um, sociology class on social movements, and one of the things, this is of course well before Obama, by a few, well not well, but you know, a few years before. before Obama, is that when did you, gra- you graduate? 2006. So okay. bef- so this was 2006. It really wasn't that long before Obama. Long enough. Politicians do not lead movements because eventually the movement will kind of get sucked into an agenda and, of course... Also, leadership loses you votes. Right. You want to get elected, you don't lead. Right. You, Kendrick Meek. You answer... You answer yeah, you answer... To, <laughs> as a politician... Joe Lieberman. As a politician, you want to look for people who are responsive or not responsive to a movement. Not and there were, and that goes to people making mistakes in the past or making decisions in the past that may not be to your liking. So presidents can be those leaders. Right. They have and, to get into office and have to know what they're doing. And Obama about half successful on that I'd say. Right. Well of course a lot later of, he got much better. A but lot of people it's too late. A lot of people were disappointed in Obama because should be. I mean, there there's fair reasons to be disappointed. Still one of the best presidents ever. Right. But a disappointment from what he could have done. Right. Not all his fault, but some of it was. But 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 that's because so I miss him. The <laughs> the failure for the Democrats to fully embrace in 2010 Obamacare, despite what Republicans were painting it as, was a big fucking dumb move. Because people they allowed the Republicans to paint me giving you free health care as me taking away your freedom. They just gave healthcare to 30 million people and they ran away from it like the Republicans were right about it and they got fucking waxed. Right. They didn't... That was a fucking unforced error. That's like fucking... You're serving to win Wimbledon and you hit the net on the second ball is what they did. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand how insurance works. Exactly. A lot and of all they had to do... It. And so they went, they went a totally poll-driven approach and you're familiar with this concept. Mm-hmm. They just... Anybody in the left, particularly... Not limited, to the, not limited to the Democratic Party, but certainly the Democratic Party is very reactive to polls, which is a vast misunderstanding of polling science. People's opinions in a poll is a starting point, and they're very easy to change with very simple emotional appeals. You say, hey, Obamacare is going to save your life, which is factually true, but you don't get into the goddamn details, and those people see that, and if it comes true for people, even not themselves, they see it for other people, it's like, yeah, they were right. There's no way increasing people's health insurance could have failed in terms of being better for the people. It wasn't as good as what we wanted, and that's why some people wanted to kill it or whatever, but the fucking point was increasing people's access to healthcare, preventative care, lack of pre-existing conditions. There's no way this is a net negative. So you fucking embrace it and own that shit, and then they did later. Remember the first two years, whenever it was called Obamacare, that was an insult from the right. And then it wasn't until later yes. that they changed and started themselves calling. You know, they didn't call it Obamacare people, for two years. People, regardless of what side they are, and it's, it is interesting to see this, that yeah. people are, are, are not associating ACA with Obamacare. They think they're different things. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky is a great example. The majority of Republicans. I'm from High. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the Connect program. Yes, and, you're and a right. Lot, and, I mean, it even affected their gubernatorial race. And you know, to uh, Governor, former Governor Bashir's credit, he thought that by dissociating it from 
um, Obama that he would at least continue continue uh, continue success for the Democratic Party locally. And in Kentucky, that's and not it, a bad theory. And it, but unfortunately, yeah. as we know, it didn't work. Yeah. Because people thought, well, Connect's a great program. Of course, the, if we vote for a Republican, he wouldn't take it away. So, unfortunately, Governor Bashir got the wrong lesson from that and may have been better off. So Republicans would be doing fine with this stuff if they were competent at running government. But for two major reasons, they're not. Because if the government still did what it was supposed to, they wouldn't be losing people. But I, people I, are even though people I might agree with that, stuff. I don't think that's like the right like we should, the angle here should be about what can we what can change to make a difference. Oh sure, yeah, yeah no, I agree with that completely. That's just a different part of the conversation. I know. I just, I'm just right. li- look yeah. like I just I I want to point out that a lot of the time I'm I'm hearing a lot of defeatist or not even defeatist but like even just like negative cynical kind of things and and the problem with all of all of this the problem really is that no one's looking at things in an issue-based kind of sense. Like, people aren't looking at, okay, this is an issue. How can we have legislation that affects this issue and to address this issue? And and people have a problem if it doesn't have to do with them. People have a problem if the issue has to ha- needs a, a funding in order to solve that problem. And it's it's just, like, um, misconstrued... Um, not a word misconstrued misconstrued mm-hmm. viewpoint um where they're just taking ideological party partisan um affiliations and applying that to issue-based things I, so we, I, what we've got to do and i agree with you that there needs to be much more focus on what to do to get there and the thing is so direct argument doesn't work you can't go to a conservative and tell them you're wrong second Literally, you can't. I, people argue with me nonstop, but once you tell someone you're wrong, even implied you're wrong, the conversation is over. There's no more discussion. You think there is, but no, it's two people presenting their talking points from that point on. Once I say, no, no, fucking it's over. You can't do that. So this is why the way I do, the way I post on Facebook is I don't ever tell any direct individual person that they're wrong because, one, I might not be right, but more importantly... Even if I am right, I cannot change them by telling them that. So let me say something. It's 0% success rate. <laughs> let's just point out yeah. that at least you're willing. And mo- and the problem is that regardless of who you are and regardless of what your ideology or your political affiliation is, if you're unwilling to consider that you're wrong, if you're unwilling to even to even suggest to yourself that you're wrong if if then you've already made yourself stagnant yeah. as a as a everybody's human. wrong you you've yeah. already you've already put Boston. yourself in a place where you can no longer yeah. move forward yeah. and your sense of the world and your understanding of how things work yeah this gets to yeah. something i've been thinking about for probably the last couple of hours since i came here which is about taking responsibility I think I would say the biggest issue that we're having in America today, and it's not party based, it is cultural. It's entirely our culture. It's somebody else's fault. The first step to solving this problem, to me, is taking responsibility, owning issues. That means having to take responsibility for your role in why things are the way they are. What does that entail? For one, uh, I want. I would say being inspi- having to be inspired to vote does not 
to send a message to me that you're serious about living in a democratic society. The fact that you need to be inspired by someone to vote for them. It, it doesn't show that you're giving critical thought to differences and giving critical thought to what it really takes to make something work. In addition to that, if you vote for a third party person and they don't have a legitimate plan to actually win the election, but they make you feel better because they agree with you, that's not that's not discipline either. I mean, one of the things is it really does boil down to actually being a, a relatively self-disciplined person who accepts responsibility for the way things are and understands that you have you have a role, I have a role to play in making a difference to shape the future. So I agree with this as long as and it's 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 a really hard way, it's a really hard line to express this correctly because mm-hmm. it's a somewhat complex concept. But getting to this point is the only way we're going to get forward, I think. Because you, there's two balancing parts here. And one is, as an individual, you have to take 100% responsibility for everything in your life. Even those things that don't aren't your fault, mm-hmm. you still have to take 100% control of your response to them because if you don't no one else is going to do it for you so right. it, that, that one's more so, sort of like a tough love or a hard line thing and I, a tough love is usually bullshit but in this case you have to tough love yourself you can't right. lie to yourself and you have to tell yourself yes this happened to me and now I'm going to do this to make it change what? you have to have complete control over that but as a cultural thing we also have the responsibility as individuals and as a group to lessen that burden on others that they don't have to take on all that shit themselves because they can't all do it by themselves. And so we have to, I got to take care of my shit, mm-hmm. but I also have to make the shit for everybody around me better because I want to be part of this community. And this community, each pe- person can't do it by themselves. Right. That's why people fall through the system. Well, That's why people, people fall through the system because they, they can't all do it themselves because they, okay. they were given shit at birth mm-hmm. or through something that happened to them or whatever. Things were taken or you know it was imposed upon them. So that's our responsibility. Once we take care of our own shit is to fucking lift that hand up to help the community around us. There's people that are working and trying and fighting and don't deserve what shit's happening to them. Make their lives better, too. That's a responsibility we have. And, Ray, some people don't see that there's a bigger picture outside of outside yeah. of their own individualistic yeah. experiences, right? And, and I have to point out, there's something that I think that's really important here is that the people who are unwilling to vote are the first ones to point out that there is some dichotomy and that there's a, the best of two evils at hand. And they, and they, and they use that I, argument. I, and, and it's not my, well, it doesn't matter even if it yeah. is or isn't. Yeah. Even if that's true. Yeah. Even yeah. if that were true yeah. as a premise, yeah. let's at least identify and recognize that pragmatism is completely left at the door by not voting whatsoever. Oh, I agree with that completely. And a lot of people don't see the importance of that. They don't see that, okay, I'm going to, I don't think that the people who are uh, our choices are really the best idea, so therefore I'm not going to vote at all, yeah. except voting is what makes your choices available in a, in a, yeah, in a, a right. And so like you're saying, okay, what do, did you vote in the primary? Did you vote in the primary? Did you choose who was going to make it that far to the presidential election so that you could choose who that person could be? And a lot of the time, that doesn't 
set in. There's like this yeah. uh, this idea, yeah. but it's it goes back all the way to what you were saying earlier, and that this conspiracy theorist mindset that any participation whatsoever doesn't amount to anything, and that is a problem. I think, yeah. and and that's a problem that's perpetuated in favor it, of where we are now. Absolutely, including and, people who are uh, not registering for parties. So, but they're like, excluding themselves in the process of many so states. two things are I want to like. That, I want to come back to that, but the thing you were just saying, what was, repeat the last thing you said. And, uh, so just that the, the apathy and that the idea that participating doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, and that's a very key thing. So everything I'm working on, whether it be the pol- politics stuff, the entertainment, everything like that, I'm, thinking, I'm finding all this stuff that, like, there's this deep underlying thread between everything. And it, there's, but there's many horrors of being born with a brain that's different. I have Asperger's and a lot of stuff that's really just obvious and easy to other people is fucking alien to me and it's caused nothing but endless amounts of pain and abuse and everything like that. But, on the other hand, I don't fall for shit. (laughs) So, and I've seen through a lot of stuff that's there and it's like the overwhelming, overwhelming reason that people don't succeed at the things they want to do is because other people have talked them into they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And not even necessarily directly. Society tells you every day, you can't be a rock star. You can't sing. You can't and they and it's not even necessarily a direct thing, but it can become direct. So think about that night that we were at recessions and you're up there doing your thing and quite a few people in the bar were entertained by it. But these young stupid kids who don't have any empathy because they haven't been taught it, walked over and tried to take the mic from you and interrupted your performance the entire time because they couldn't let you enjoy your thing because it didn't meet whatever their standards were. Yeah. And this is those that's that's what's wrong serious? with America. I'm dead serious. I that's 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 what's well, wrong with America right there. Let's address something else yeah. there in that you've mentioned cognitive development of empathy, right? Some yeah. people I struggle with this a lot because Absolutely. it's it's it is a gen- this is something that in terms of development some people don't it's the last stage of cognitive development I empathy think, is the very final stage I think 50% of Americans never get it I think people ne- I don't At believe least. that everyone and and here's Not the thing I, I envy don't. them I envy them greatly because I also that was painful <laughs> because to see to see and I knew we were going to get there eventually but let's be real we're going to get there eventually obviously um, the person who was the 32 year old woman that died by being plummeted into a car going 40 miles an hour in Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Virginia. That person is seeing that on, on the news, seeing that, like, I, I'm only one state away. I could have easily been that person. And it's not easy to look at that and not feel something as though I, and not put myself in that person's place and to say, what if I were that person? We are those targets. And, and, and we're here's, in the nation's capital. And we're on the other side of the unable, fence. We're those targets. It's not even about, oh, I can't imagine myself as this liberal person in this peaceful protest. I don't give a fuck if you can't imagine yourself as a person in that ideological sense. The question here is, can you imagine being hit by a fucking car? For standing what you for what you believe in, for fight, in a peaceful way, for peacefully speaking about, about something that you believe is evil, it, you think it's these people are the worst human beings in your view, and so you're fighting against the most righteous thing you could possibly stand up for. They're undermining, and then you get fucking. 
but and undermining uh can can we just i just address like if and and to me sometimes i think would would people have more empathy if they had more fear instilled into them about these ideas i would never want that on them i would never want to put that on a human being and i'm never going to ever suggest that that's okay but at the same time like what what could possibly convince somebody to imagine what it's like to be hit by a fucking car and killed for being for standing with a sign in the middle of a of a it's, rally it's it's the same shit it's four little girls getting blown up by a bomb just because they went to church in a black southern town in 1960s and it's where fucking, it's it's this is what happens in the way it, it ebbs and flows it's ebbing right now because we got fucking complacent and i mean this both as a, as white people liberal whites in who have been running the country for the last 50 60 years liberal whites mostly men have run the country for the last 50 60 years and they got complacent as fuck and so one of the things that happened was the big hardcore leaders of the groups that forced the Democrats to do the right thing. So the gender and race based movements, environmental movement, a couple others, the leaders of those movements either all got killed or died off. And no one was allowed because of the right wing media and noise machine to rise up and fill those spaces. So if you go back and look at the shit that the right-wing media said about, say, Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton when they were coming up, when they were people who were young, innocent crusaders trying to do the right thing, it's almost impossible for them not have been corrupted by the amount of pressure that fucking hit them from racism and you know power system and even their own party, even their own race. They were so beat down by this shit that they cracked. One of them rebounded a bit. Like, Sharpton, in the last couple of years, has really gotten back to doing the stuff that got him famous and got him started. But, man, we lost a lot of leaders outside of the mainstream Democratic Party mm-hmm. because of things like scandals being faked about them or, mm-hmm. like, the same shit that everybody did they got caught for. And like, name me... Like, the perfect example of this is that three of the impeachment managers of Bill Clinton for getting a blowjob were with their mistresses during the impeachment. (laughs) One of them was immediately fired from being Speaker of the House because it was found out. The other one got to run for president again later. So people don't get punished. Actually, he also ran for president again later. Exactly. And he's, he's actually a key architect of all this stuff. Newt Gingrich is one of the biggest... He's a disciple of whatever is wrong. You want to call it the devil, you want to call it darkness, you want to call it Sith, whatever. He is a goddamn lieutenant in the fucking army. He's one of the worst human beings that has never personally murdered someone, ever. And I can't 100% believe that he did. Right, well, there's a stick. It's got to be in that, like, the what was the one in uh, uh, the Hostel movies where the rich people pay to go kill people? It wouldn't shock me. To see that little dog tattoo under Newt's arm. Like, it wouldn't fucking shock <laughs> Okay, me. all right. Well, all right. So, I think I think we're, we're getting into the realm of 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be like shocked, right? but but let's be real. Um, no, in, in all reality, I think that um, there's there's a sense of generalization that's really an underlying problem, and yes. and it and it lies under things like all lives matter, and and all and and and, and people don't understand why that comes off as so as so jolting and why that that concept is is problematic in the big picture and it's because they're basically saying that hey this is about everyone black people aren't dying it's everyone's lives matter and the real thing is no black people are dying black people are more likely to die at a traffic stop and this is great transition transition seriously i got these from work What's happening right now? Stop Bumper killing black stickers. people. Okay, wow. Yes, I will take one of these. Okay, take no, let's pass be real. Out to, yeah, no, I'm, actual stop killing black people stickers. Okay, My work is actually stood in a on different the right context side on because big, I think so. we might lose people where they might have some kind of we'll prior. Edit it, we'll edit it back in. I don't know. Fuck yeah, yeah. them. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say is. Um, in the example that there was this, there was a charity event happening. I think it was in Virginia. This is clear. This is very recent, very close to home. Um, that there was street harassment involved, and they tried to say, well, maybe we should put a sign out that says we treat our women yeah, yeah, equally. Yeah, yeah. We this treat- is actually DC. DC, yes. Okay, so you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, yes. you shared this article. Right? I did share yeah, this I article, it. Yeah, I and it, it was. And this thing that really I found concerning was mm-hmm. that the whole idea was that by putting up a sign that said, um, and this is one of the organizers that mm-hmm. made a comment that said, you know, I don't feel comfortable putting up a sign that says we don't harass our women because we don't want women to be at the top of the hierarchy. Self-censorship. And not even that. I mean, here's, and, and here's the thing. Yeah. is He's basically saying that by addressing the problem, we're putting that these people at the, at the top of the hierarchy. But you know what? If women are the people who are being harassed, then they get to get attention for it first. Absolutely. This yeah. is the problem. The priority should be the people who are being victimized because which of the Which is why all lives matter is such a dumb thing. Which is why yeah. all lives matter undermines yeah. the problem, which yeah. is black people are the most in danger. Black people are the most likely to die. We are not going to pretend like this the isn't a problem million member, by saying all... multi-million dollar budget organization AFL-CIO put their name on Stop Killing Black People bumper stickers. And it's that's a awesome. real thing. And that's it's what a I'm saying. Hopeful. It's However, not a, it's not a conspiracy. But what's theory. going to happen is you're going to have people like <laughs> yeah. Tommy Lauren, right? People are going to come up and say shit yeah. like, and let's let no seriously, and they'll say, you know, how many yeah. police officers have died, blah 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 blah, blah. and le- and let's 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 look at the yeah. history of this. What started all of this? We need to figure out. how But also, to it's shut very down. easy to say we don't want any cops dying either. Now let's get back to the topic we were talking about. We well, need that's to- the thing. Nobody yeah. wants cops yeah. dying. Nobody exactly. wants that. But. That's not the problem. The problem is that you're the guy being shot by the cop illegally. You probably want the cop to die, and that's valid. But nobody else wants cops dying. We should get to (laughs) the the, guy that's murdering you. We should get to the core of this. It's called what about if uh, what what about if uh, ism. And, yeah, what about autism? Is that yeah, I just want you to get that. Okay, well, let's explain. In there. Let's explain this because people are right. hopefully so. What trying about to take yeah? What about autism is basically you make a point, and, and conservatives are absolute bastards at this. They will go on to talk about something that is either directly related, and that that can happen. Something that's directly related, for example, uh, 
uh, cop shooting a black person, well, black person, shoot police. And you know what? It's true. It is true. It happens. That's part of reality. But we still need to figure out how to say, okay, yes, you're, that is a, that is a true point. However, that's not what we're talking about. And it, it is a difficult thing and it, to come up with a very good strategy to shut down what about if isn't. Well, a starting Say point, I think, is we can do more than one thing at once. <laughs> right, okay. I so, got a perfect example like, okay. that they get because they have penises. This is a penis example. We sc- destroyed both Nazi Germany and imperialist Japan at the same time while having a national fucking depression. So we can solve anything we want if we put our minds to it. Now, I'm not well, saying all the solutions are good, but what I'm saying is these are three of the biggest problems in the history of the planet. We solve them all simultaneously. Yeah, but more we can handle a little trade imbalance and like you know whatever bullshit problem they're going to use this week. We've handled worse and we've handled it better. <laughs> We're not trying right now to handle our problems. We're trying to <laughs> scapegoat people so that certain people can make a profit off of it. That's what we're doing right now. That's the national pastime. Scapegoat people so others can make a profit off of it. Well, here's the thing, though. It's not It's not just about yeah. on a smaller scale. Yeah. Let's consider that, you know, people are so dichotomous and so willing to think, think that things are black and white. They don't want to see that these individual cases have validity. That there are these people who are unarmed and are at a traffic stop and they're getting fucking murdered. For being in those circumstances. And then they're like, but wait, this has happened at another place, in another location, in another event, in another circumstance. Okay, I'm not unwilling to address that and address what happened. Let's know. Let's find the facts about what has taken place. That's why they distract with the details of this specific incident. Right, but they're correlating the two. And they're correlating the two. And this, go back again to critical thinking and false correlation. Yes. These, these events are unrelated to each other, and they're trying to justify bad things happening to good people because the weird, they can't accept that that's happening. And this isn't the... So this there's a default conflict ideology with all of America. There's a default, I'm at war. Okay, And this is not the way every country in the world thinks of it. We automatically start... All of us, in every interaction with everybody else, thinking this person's trying to get us. They're either trying to prove that they're better than us, or they're trying to beat us for money. And that's this is like... Now, those of us who recognize this and actually care about people, we get past it pretty quickly. But you're taught very early on. I mean, you fucking... What's the first fucking kind of things you start learning to do? Sack races. And racing by foot. It's all fucking competitive. You know, they, they'll give you the award in class that you got a better grade than someone else. Mm-hmm. That's how, Who does that benefit? It doesn't fucking benefit anybody. It, it proves to everybody that isn't number one that you suck and you didn't try hard enough and you're inferior. And you know what happens if a bunch of te- people tell you you suck, you're inferior, and you, you, you don't count and it doesn't matter that you're trying? It you fucking your give decisions. up. You give up. It affects your future decisions. Or you get right. addicted to drugs. Or you like think that someone else owes you something <laughs> and you take it from them, whether it be assault or theft or whatever. Yeah, when you externalize, that is when you externalize, as opposed to like 
All right, here's what I need to do to get where I want to do. There's a lot of backlash about the she idea. Doesn't have of, to be hard. Of yeah. education, the idea of of um, of having of, of having these benchmarks and standards and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and 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 I get that. I totally get why people would not want to feel compared and then feel like failures as human beings, and that's not what it should be. It should be more of, you know, does this represent? how I am as a person in the scope of this particular thing. And if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. And and we so narrowly define what things you're allowed to have, what things you're allowed to be. Like, this is so, like, clearly as someone with Asperger's, I developed slower, but it meant that I was a nerd, basically. So the things I liked, I still liked when I was much older. And the fucking hate... (laughs) that I would get from people over simple preferences like we are going to go to a nightclub and dance after I'm married and I wanted to wear a, a pair of shorts and a shirt that had Goofy on it. It was a place that was going to have like yeah. glow lights and it was EDM was going to be playing. Yeah. And I thought it would be funny as shit to wear that in there. My ex-wife, my childhood best friend and her husband berated me over this and said that I was being as dumb as fucking possible over a fucking goddamn goofy shirt going to a club where nobody's trying to pick anybody up or anything. <laughs> it was two married couples. And this is like, this is what happens is everybody beats you down for being different or thinking yeah. different, especially thinking different. That's where they fuck with you. You start well, thinking different. But and that's, and that's you know, I think that's uh, a characteristic fault. I think that's, this is, we're not We're trying even, to do it. No we, longer, don't, we do it in, and, we don't and even right, try. We're not even thing. trying. There's, look, let's, yeah. you and I know. <laughs> you and I know. You and I know. No, let's say, like, okay, let's just be real, all right? There are certain book personalities, you <laughs> certain personalities who think that they have to also be confined within the parameters of, of the expectations of an event or a place Absolutely. that they're going to, and they and they they fulfill that, and therefore feel like they are fulfilling themselves. Absolutely, and, and if, I believe if, that's all. Else, that's all artificial. I think. And I think so yes. too. I yes. think so too. There's nothing inherently in our bodies or minds that does that. We're taught that. Yes, and so by you not having that endeavor as an initial goal is very confusing to a person who does. And and the problem and really... It was even worse for me in that I got successful at toying the line and then rejected it to their faces. And then they were like, what? Like, I mean... <laughs> and that, and honestly, yeah. that's good. I'm good for no. Seriously, you should do that. And but the, the problem is that if if someone's going to go out of their way to have these have these expectations for another human being's behavior, you're already going outside of your own bubble and imposing your own views on someone else. And the and thing you're is, I think we'd be in such a better place. If and it sounds so cheesy, but fuck it, like I don't care. Like I think that I can have my own standards and ideals for myself, but I would never impose those on someone else if I know that what they need is different than what I need, and that's okay. That and that that when I, the moment I realized that is the moment I consider that I grew up, and that was about a year ago. <laughs> so I became an adult about a year ago, and that's that's that was that was what I consider me being an adult is my ability to understand. I could always understand other people's point of view, right? But if I disagree with their point of view, I immediately shat upon it. 
you've been there. I mean, <laughs> a recipient of that <laughs> necro whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. It's fine. It's <laughs> but I realized that I, my metaphor that I go back to and it touches into a bunch of things is that we all, every one of us, are taught to believe and think and prepare for and get mad if we're not the star of the movie. And the reality is, is that we're not the star of the movie. And believing that we are leads us to treating other people like they're not. And so we have to get past that. We have to realize that we're, I I mean, the, the kind of, the kind of somewhat Buddhist take for me on it is I always think of myself as lesser than someone until they prove otherwise. So I, someone shits on me. They steal from me. They, you know, stab me in the back. Something like that. In a way that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I understand that people make mistakes. And I forgive people for mistakes. And I hopefully earn forgiveness for the mistakes I make. But the key is, you either have to have regret for the mistake you made... Or make up for it in some way. Because I get some people can't directly apologize and directly do restitution. And it's wrong to expect everybody to do that. So the thing is, is that you have people... People have to show recognition of their failures, their mistakes, and try to do better. And if you can't do that, then you're probably hurting a lot of people. And you're probably making the world a much worse place. And this is most people. And it's all fictional. We can all be better. We can all just treat other people nice. Oh, that well, person got the job I wanted. Maybe they, maybe they didn't. You can just be <laughs> nice to them, and then maybe they help you get a better job. I've well, it's not, been part of that. It's not even beyond, like, having these weird, you know, okay, competition is a problem. I think, as women, for example, I think we should be lifting each other up instead of competing with each other. Um, I think when I see a woman being awesome, then I'm like, she's fucking awesome, and I think yes. people should know about it. And, and and having that kind of shift in knowing that, that, you know, we should be lifting each other up, okay, that's one thing. But the other thing is the idea that um, other people can't behave according to the standards which work for you yes. as an individual, yeah. that's when problems start to happen because yes. people are unwilling. There are some people who are unwilling to accept that that human beings might have different needs than your own and just because their needs are different than your needs that somehow makes it a moral problem so in, in here's where i think we tie, bring it back around towards something you were talking about earlier is let's talk moving forward talk solution and the solution to this is you cannot eliminate bad people for the most part you can't change them what you can do is create a community where they're not welcome or that they have to control their impulses to be welcome. And I don't think that should be limited to, like, one's home. I think that needs to be what we establish in the public. That we will say nothing about your racism if you keep it to your fucking self. So here's what we But if you to talk do. about it... If we're we, coming at you. If we have, <laughs> if we have public res- representation, yeah. which is coming from an yeah. authoritarian viewpoint, then there's already a problem. Oh, there's because already all the what, problems. What yeah. needs to happen yeah. is that we need to have authoritative yeah. acceptance and authoritative... Uh, but that uh, only happens from the bottom up. We have to make them do the right thing. 
This is for FDR. Remember FDR? Remember what FDR did to Japanese Americans? One of the most disgusting things an American has ever done. He also did everything else. The net positives of everything else he did makes him the most efficient and effective president in our history. And he also did one of the worst fucking possible things. So, we have to recognize where the system is and that parts of it, we're not going to make them good people or we're not going to make them better. We're going to make them not have a negative impact on others by making their behavior so repugnant to the general public that they can't do anything about it. They got to go home and fuck their watermelon or whatever the fuck they do to let off their steam. Because right, they're look, inbred look, little look. dipshits we, we, is what we're we talking about We can't just here, so. oust these people from society. Yes, and the I, fuck we can. I, I know that that's, uh, that's, an, <laughs> it, that's a very... Um, it's, it, it's this <laughs> visceral thing that I, I understand greatly. I do. However, we have... Like, I think that ousting people isn't necessarily... Um, I don't know. I think that some people need to have the understanding that, like, that this that some behavior is infantile, and that there there is a sense of acting out in order to get attention and to make yourself feel like you know the points that you're putting forward have validity. Um, and there is an idea, I think, that it that like you know, okay, this person is in time out. Like there is whatever the the social construct for that might be beneficial in the short term. But the idea that that people are um, are being ousted in a way that's just alienating, I think that's also a problem, and and it's it's not really going to solve the bigger picture. So. I understand that argument, and it's very valid to me. My biggest, my biggest disagreement (laughs) with it, though, is based on evidence. So, Germany outlawed that hate. Yeah, we kill more Jews here than they do on a per capita basis. After there was years and years of years of information on this, after nine eleven. There was a one-year spike where the rate of violence against Muslims became the top hate crime in America. And then it was, the next year, it went right back to Jewish people. Jewish people face more violence in the U.S. on a per capita basis than anywhere in the goddamn world. And it's because, in part, we treat hate speech as free speech. Now, there's no literal constitutional interpretation that validates that, by the way. That's just something that we've all been taught. Because most of our history, our country was run by people who were anti-Semitic, they were racist, and they were sexist. And for the most part, that's still who's running the show. But it is literally the case that the murder rate here for Jewish people is more than it is in Germany. And one of the reasons why is they outlawed Nazism. We had just as bad a problem here with the Klan in terms of murdering of your own citizens as any other place in the world except Nazi Germany. And we did not a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> and it's still there. And we're I not... think we need to hear more from Sean and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've heard from Tom in an hour. Yeah, come on, what? Tom. <laughs> um, uh, feel well, just, free to change no, just here, just, yeah, no, just tell us, tell well, us, just tell us what you thought when you heard about what happened in Charlottesville. Uh, 
Because I think that's kind of what's important right now is yeah. different perspectives on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, uh... On... It's, uh, offensive. I mean, like, uh... Like, uh... I saw the picture of it, the, the story, and I was like... I'm like, is this real? <laughs> like, literally. I'm like, you have tiki torches and you're in front of a building. Are we filming for a movie or something? Because this is totally ridiculous. This should not be happening. It's like pretty much my my thought. I'm like, how is this happening? And and like Charlottesville's not far. Like, I live in Virginia for God's sakes. I mean, like, I've been to Monticello. It's not it's really pretty close. And it's this um it's hard to imagine that um that uh, it's it's you know in your backyard literally you know it is uh and uh, it's terrible um is uh I mean I'm I'm half Chinese half Japanese so you know like that, you know like I'm like yeah this is this is an absolutely yeah. absurd yeah. Uh, I don't think I have to speak any more on it <laughs> you know, yeah. this, this, well so and I like. I still like shifting back around towards like, and I think this is true of everybody in this room that we're actively people are working on building the community that changes this, and I think that's what it takes is community. So like, I like to hear what you two in particular, since we've done more way more talking, talking about like things that we can do to actually build the community that makes it where people don't want to be these people because they won't be accepted by the, you know, or if there's a different solution than that. Sean, yeah. you were going to say something yeah. before that. What was it? Um, as I mentioned that, uh, one of my good friends that was a groomsman in the wedding, um, he had his wedding in Charlottesville, and um, mentioned that the, the, run, the runover incident was um, a block away from where we had lunch. Oh my God. So it becomes very personal. I... I know that because it wasn't my wedding, I didn't have the same reaction he did. Um, I had a similar reaction with Newtown, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. where because I'm from Connecticut and because I did campaign work, I dotted uh, across the state. I had been uh, through the yeah. entire state of Connecticut. Uh, almost, not literally every town, but almost every town. And Connecticut's not a particularly big state, so of course it's not that hard to get to most towns in Connecticut. But... I had, uh, I've been in a parade, I, I marched in a parade uh, for one of the holidays, I think it may have been um, Labor Day, uh, and uh, that was in Newtown, and uh, you know, having met people who live in Newtown, it gives you a much more human experience. What, what it says says the other side of it, and you think about um, how we react to things that are happening in other places. For us who live in D.C. or live in Northern Virginia, we're not that far from Charlottesville, so we can comprehend something being very close and touching us personally. Where if you think of someone that lives in the Midwest, that doesn't affect, may not affect their day-to-day lives quite to the degree it does here because right. it's not their personal lived experience. And I know that kind of disconnect is causing a lot of trouble for us right now. I've even would make an argument that this is happening to our government, and it's also one of the symptoms of corporations and why there are monopoly laws in places. 
why do you have these show Undercover Boss, for example, right? Because the whole idea is once the CEO actually goes to the site, meets the people, mm-hmm. sees the needs, sees the wants and the dreams of his employee, his or her employees, they'll find out some things that they would never find out from sitting in an office. Right. And what we're finding in, an increasing level in our society is people being f- completely removed or disconnected from the experience uh, of other of our fellow citizens to the point that it's easy to say I don't even care because it doesn't it doesn't affect me. So connecting back back to something that she said earlier like maybe an hour and a half ago and then I tried to bring up one other time is <laughs> this concept is like you know who end up being the people who are better in society, meaning that they're a more of a net positive on what happens for the most part. They're people that actually travel. And I don't mean travel just in terms of going from their dad's condo here to their dad's condo there, but people that actually go and experience the real world in different cultures. Because it's much, much harder to think of someone as the enemy if you've met them. And this right. is like this is why we see yes. it in the, the most direct evidence of this is uh, our interaction with homosexuality in the U.S. Even more so. so in, if you go to the 1960s yeah. and 70s, yeah. being publicly gay would get you killed. When I was a kid, right. it would literally get, I got beat up for being gay when I wasn't gay because I had a friend Nathan that we would ha- spend the night at each other's house every weekend. These kids thought we were gay, and we got beat up for it. I That's the 80s. That. That sucks. <laughs> Then it keeps going on and on. My first, yeah. one of my first jobs in politics was write, writing against Florida's gay adoption ban. They were trying to pass that into a thing, and we failed. And the thing was underfunded, and nobody really cared. But now, look what's happened. We've been working on this one issue. We've been working on it hard for a long goddamn time. And the big difference is, is we went from nobody in the 60s knew a gay person because everybody was in the closet or their only experiences were at Woodstock or like so there was no or if you went to Greenwich Village and like or you know Haight-Ashbury or it was an exotic thing but when your neighbors are gay or you're going through the line at Disney and there's a gay couple there and on your favorite show there's a gay character and all this stuff and this is why like when we talk about the one disappointment with the Netflix Marvel series was Iron Fist because when they adopted it they just took the racist 60s character and kept it as it was they said well it was authentic to the thing I was like well yes it was authentic to the racist 60s thing and you could have changed that and made it better and you chose not to and this is why we're mad at you not because you failed in delivering this or that it's because you made a choice and you made the worst choice you could have made a better choice, and we all agree, and you even say you agree technically with the choice. You have nothing against gay people, well, or nothing against Asians in the Iron Fist case, or whatever. Hey, so, hey that's it for uh, this episode. I know that might be a little bit of a weird place to stop, but uh, Tom's about to come in and shift to another topic, or a related topic, but with a different perspective. So we're going to start the next episode there. So thanks for listening, and we will uh, see you again on Thursday with the Job Series panel. Thanks.